everybody welcome to the podcast our sponsors uh for this podcast is morning buzz coffee company and uh, they're based out of hamilton uh two great friends uh both musicians decided to start this company they have fantastic coffee make sure you check them out online they will uh ship to you and they have four amazing blends to choose from uh small batch and I just love their coffee. Fantastic. So make sure you check out Morning Buzz Coffee Company uh, on their website, morningbuzzcoffee.buzz. And you can get a hold of them there. Let them know that you uh, heard from uh, my podcast. Also, Music City Canada, uh, another sponsor, and based out of London. And I uh, love these guys. I buy almost all my equipment from them. Uh, always great service. Uh, they get anything you could ever possibly want. Uh, they work really hard for you. And uh, you can go online and check them out at musiccitycanada.com. And for you guitar players out there, they have a great uh, guitar shop as well. Um, lots of great product there. And uh, just give them a call and see what's there and or go visit them in London, Ontario. Once again, musiccitycanada.com. And thanks for uh, both these companies to become sponsors of our podcast. This episode today is episode 46 with Danik Dupel. Uh, Danik is the guitar player for Emerson Drive. He's a fantastic producer and engineer. And we had just a fun conversation. I really, really, really enjoyed this one. And we're catching up from a long time of not seeing one another. So sit back, relax, enjoy Danik Dupel. <laughs> All right, we're rolling with uh, Danik Dupel. Nice to have you here, buddy. Well, thanks. And thanks for having me. We were just talking. It's been probably 20 years since we saw each other, but um, it's nice to have you here. And I know you, uh, you're in Nashville now. Yep. And uh, you've been really busy lately. I've been kind of following what you've been doing. And, yeah, and, uh, it's been busy in, um, in a good way. I mean, with all everything that's happening right now with the COVID and all the pandemic and stuff and just, you know, like uh, projects started in January and four artists I was working with, they got, we got, I got all the vocals from them and stuff and they got done end of February after that was like post production and mixing on my end by myself. So yeah. kind of time, the timing was kind of good. I mean, it could have been worse that all those projects started in April and it was being, oh my God, I would have lost a lot of, a lot of work. But uh, yeah, things been busy. Like uh, so, it's 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 good, and I'm pretty uh, feel grateful about that. So, so do you like do you like being on your own? Do you prefer that, or do you like? Yeah, because uh, in, well, I, they, I, either way, it's fine. But I mean, yeah. when I get on my own, I get more stuff done in a way because yeah. I'm trying stuff. You know, nobody's like nobody's coming in and out and stuff and walking. I get very distracted on ADD and stuff, and I get distracted when I see people moving and. And talk, someone talking on the phone, I I can't concentrate. So on yeah. my own, yeah, it's a lot better. Yeah, I'm the same way. I I don't like anyone being around. I don't. I, I love the bed session, like laying down the tracks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And everyone's around and that vibe. Uh, but once that's done, you know, I like kind of a one-on-one -on -one thing to do some overdubs and vocals, and then after that, it's like leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, to me, it's like uh, it's fine. I like I tell every artist I'm working with. I mean, if you want to. Because a lot of people come coming down from Canada, I 
I love to have him here as long as I can because, yeah. you know, the process of doing all the beds and stuff and them being involved in production and stuff. I want to get their input. They like something, right? And sometimes they can be here, but but when they're here and like when it's time to comp vocals, oh my God, I, I, got, I need to be alone for that. Yeah. I, no, can you try it? I, I really like that one. I said, yeah, yeah, I know. It's just let me let me finish my comp and after that we can look at stuff if you don't like something because we're going to be comping for the whole day <laughs> but don't you agree that for some clients it's good for them to sit in on a comp at least half of it yeah because they get to see what's up with their vocal right it's exactly. it's like listening i was comping uh fixing up some tracks the other day and, and i was thinking to myself i'm not going to say who it was who was playing but you know i wish they were here to see what i was doing to fix the timing of their parts yeah so that they know that they have this one particular issue when they play and uh and it's not a big deal i just had to fix this one particular timing thing yeah, yeah. all the time and it's, i think it's the same thing with the vocals uh it, it's a good little lesson to sit down and kind of and find out what you're actually doing well and what you're not doing well. And um, I always find it's singing in the lower register for a lot of people, especially with girls. Um, that's where they're always weak. Oh yeah. Um, they can go high, but you get that verse where they're singing kind of down a bit and you got to find those parts that just kind of work. Yeah. And I always find, yeah, listen to this, listen to this low part this is the stuff you really need to work on yeah um, it's uh it could be you know sometimes challenging but you know like uh you know when you get some really good singer and stuff and sometimes it's just like that you know i rather have that take that is freaking unbelievable and after that i'm gonna go nudge some stuff because that take is so good right like there's everything is there about that take but sometimes it's just a tiny bit out of pocket as a vocalist but i mean at the end of the day i'm gonna adjust everything i can to make it that vocal be the best it can be and it's already great from day to start with it's just yeah. even better right but um yeah it's uh, have you, go ahead have you found yourself uh since you started recording years ago especially doing vocals your approach is way di different now than it was back then i was all about the comping back in the day because yeah now i'm more about the performance than anything else yeah it's it yeah, it, it, it depends. I mean, uh, you know, like I, I learned, I mean, everything I learned about recording is all David Kalmowski taught, taught me everything. I'm sorry. You know what I get? This is, this is really because him, I'm the reason I'm doing this. Uh, I started yeah. like, uh, you know, I remember going to his house in Stratford and showing me all the little things, the little tricks and stuff, and going home after that, learning on Pro Tools and stuff. And while I was at home for Christmas, so I, sometimes I'd drive down to Stratford when he was at yeah. home. So, But anyway, like just to go back to um, it's um, – um, I was going to say uh, the uh, – uh, I lost my – I was going to say something. Vocals. Yeah, the, I mean the vocals are, are – uh, uh, <laughs> oh my God, I kind of lost my, uh, you see, I got distracted for something. Um, someone to walk in the room. <laughs> yeah. Someone to walk in the room. There's a fly. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I learned so much stuff from Cal Musky and, and yeah. he, he taught me a lot and, and about, and now working and all about comping vocals, you know, and, and tuning vocals or whatever. Um, I sort of start, I work, I started working with, with Tabe a long time ago after that. And um, yeah. and Tebe became really—he's a great singer. 
And he became really good at comping. And now Tebe wants to comp his own vocal. And he oh, wants, so I'm like, hey, go ahead. You're going to be happy. <laughs> yeah. So he takes the vocal home and brings it back to me and he says, what do you think? It's, Man, it's great. You're, are you happy? If you're happy, you did it. So he's getting really good at that. So I kind of like that. Yeah. The artist like is exactly so satisfied with everything at the end. So we just have to, to mix it in. So it's great. I'd, I'd still um, love comping on faders because that's how I learned. Oh, yeah. How to comp. You know, just got eight channels and you just, I was, I got so good that I could flip, oh. you know, an ah or, you know, split words. But then you just, I'd wreck faders all the time because oh. you're just <laughs> ripping them. Um, and sometimes I just feel like I, it, it's, it's definitely not the way to do it now. But, uh, Every once in a while, I'll, I'll throw some back to a fader, just you know, just for fun. If there's a certain feel that I just want to get, um, yeah. it's, all, it's like cutting tape or something from the old days. Well, yeah, I skipped all that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, so not like I mean, I, in a way, I wish. I mean, we we when Emerson drives first, I think our first time in the studio in in Nashville. I'm going back 1999 or 2000. Yeah. We got in and with uh, James Stroud and Julian King and it's right after, uh, it wasn't too early 2000 because we just signed our deal with DreamWorks and um, they got us into the studio because back then, you know, everybody was using studio musicians, even for bands, even like, you know, you never played, bands never play on their records back then, like, yeah. I got, except a few. But um, we, uh, our first record was on a, the, on a 48 digital, so tape. To yeah, Sony, yeah. yeah, Sony into Pro Tools after that. But uh, I mean, I could, I saw, you know, I saw Julian like comping vocals and editing, and I'm like, I love this world a lot better. <laughs> it's a lot easier with Pro Tools these days than back. It is, but I, 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 I wish I'd known. I wish I would have been more involved back in early days and recording and do the two inch tape and stuff like that and learn the basics. But I didn't. But it's all good, right? As long as you get there at the end, that's exactly that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, so. I think you were probably still in in the in the section of your life where you probably saw a bit of that. But there's like the new kids now have no understanding of it whatsoever. No. That it, it's it's you know okay. what what plugin am I going to use? And um, so yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. I was lucky. I I kind of grew up on two inch. Um, with Rick Hud, I was yeah. worked at Cedar Tree for years, and uh -huh. and uh, you know I remember getting I think there was a sixteen a sixteen track at first, and we got a twenty four track, uh, or they did um, while I was there two inch, and it was like wow, look at this an MCI twenty four track. It was <laughs> it was pretty cool, and I, I'd still love to work on that. Uh, there's a you know it's that sound from it, yeah, um, yeah, of course, and those commitment issues that you had and and. Uh, you just had to make sure that um, I, I I still go back. I might have told the story once before, but uh, back in the day, you know, you had your track sheets and you write down what was on each track, a kick drum was yep. here and that. And uh, Rick was working on a project um, the night before. Um, and I came in the next day to continue on it. And he didn't mark the track sheet. So I look, oh, yeah, it's uh, channel 14 is open and 15 is open. And I just laid down stuff. <sighs> of course, he was doing vocals on those channels the <laughs> night before for hours. Oh, no. 
totally wipe them out. Oh my god, yeah. You can see them, right? They were there was nothing and physical to yeah. see. And there's no undo. No, there was absolutely no undo. And I just I still to this day it's like a pit in my stomach. I feel so bad that I did that. Um, but, Why? You know. It's not your fault. You didn't know it was no. written, right? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. No, it's uh, I. You know, I'm, I'm. I love technology. I. I. You know, I. I. I that's how I learned in, into this business. And um, I mean, I love where it's going. A lot of people are really bitter about it. For some, but I love it. I love to try new things. I love to try to. You know, like, do, do I love going to addiction, like at Kalmuskis and, and cut drums? That's a, probably the best room in Nashville. Of course, I love it. You need to have a really big budget, you know, to you need the budget to go there. But when I have it, I love to go. But, you know, so, sometimes we don't have the budget to do that. So I have to go around. And, yeah, there is a lot of, like, studio in town. They they, they got good, good drum rooms and stuff. It's pretty simple. But... Our drummer Mike uh, programs so so well. Like he's a drummer, so he, yeah. he's. I mean, uh, I, even David would be. Uh, and David is pretty uh, because he masters a lot of my stuff. And he said, "Man, did, did Mikey did the drums again on that?" I said, "Yeah, he did." Oh my god, I I, used to, I can't tell. I really can't. It's just yeah. like really good. So I love that technicals because we can be on the bus uh, in the summer on the road and just start tracking stuff because it's yeah. the technology is there now and it's kind of cool. You know, I got the camper or whatever. I can do whatever I want. It's yeah. all there. I can make a record in about two hours. If like a song, cut a song and you got something just right away. It's, it's awesome. It's great. But you know, you gotta use your ears, you gotta use your ears. You gotta be creative and stuff. And, and there's, there's uh, you know, I've always loved coming back here in my room after that, after we've been like on the road for a couple of weeks and bring everything back in and listen, see where everything sits. Because, you know, with headphones, it's not the same as in my room. And yeah. I, oh, maybe I need to adjust this, change this, change that. But hey, it's, I, I, I just love it. I love this technology, be able to do all that stuff. Have you tried the uh, Waves Abbey Road? Uh, the Reverb? Studio 3. No, they're... Okay. It's basically for your headphones. It's oh, really? a plug-in you put at the end of your mix chain. No. And it puts you in Abbey Road Studio. Really? Uh, and this is why I have this little, people can't, listening can't see, but there's a little tracker up here on top of my headphones. Yeah. It's a Bluetooth tracker and it sits up with your, so when you turn your head, huh. everything shifts in your headphones like you're listening no, to near-field speakers. Oh my God, that's so cool. It's on real good. Wow. And the first time I tried it, I I'm thinking, do I I have do I have do I still have my studio monitors on? Because it felt like you're listening to speakers ahead of you and yeah, not yeah. The left and right. Left and right in your yeah. Yeah. So it's great for the road because it um That's cool. it puts you in an actual room and and it models a bunch of different uh headphones. So if you have, you know, Sony's or something, yeah. you can pick your actual headphone and it's been tuned for that specific set of headphones nice. as well i gotta check it out that's interesting yeah Love yeah it. it's on sale now too it's super cheap wow it's like 50 50 bucks or something yeah. like that and cool and it's nice as a another reference right yeah totally it's it's like taking your mix out to your car or it's just like taking it to another studio um and i did that the other day i popped it in and listened to my mix and it's like okay i need to adjust this or this and i came back and it's like yep that needed hey, to be hey, adjusted yeah. yeah totally yeah i my yeah my car is still my car right and and uh, i got these that's 
still AirPods too that a lot of people have. Yeah, and that's made it's a good reference because a lot, especially a good reference. I I kind of love these because um, if I send to Tebe or any artist I'm working with and they have them, so hey, listen, yeah. to mix. Hey, I think that 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 you know the high is a little loud and stuff. So I put the same headphones as them. I'm listening. I'm like, eh, I think we're good. Or yeah, let me turn it down and let me check a couple things. Right. So it's a good. Yeah. We can at least listen to the same thing because you know you don't know. I mean, sometimes some artists will be in their car and. They got the bass boost up and treble high, you know, like a big smiley face. And yeah, yeah I don't know about the bass, man. Just, you know, <laughs> I think we're good. Just <laughs> trying to bring it back down flat, right? <laughs> but, you know, but you know what I mean? The back end of my car is not moving enough. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, there's so many options now. It's kind of cool. It uh, makes things, uh, especially for tweaking with when the, when the, the artist cannot come here. That's the thing. Yeah. So, and we're in that world now, so it's. So I get a lot of artists coming in and said, um, you know, first time around, I want them to stick around. After that, like they they only want to come here for five days. I'll get some rough vocals and stuff for tracking, and after that, at the end of two days, I'm gonna just gonna track the vocals, and after that, go and I'll I'll do all the post production when they're gone. So yeah, but it's uh yeah it's I yeah and new stuff I've been uh. I've pretty well kind of switched over to Luna now. Um, oh yeah, I haven't, I haven't checked it out yet. I'm, I don't have anything U, UAD here, so I don't have the. I'm all all Pro Tools and HDX, so. Yeah, so uh, you'd you'd have to have. You have to have the, the, the at least one interface, yeah. The Apollo, whatever, one of the Apollo. Yeah. But is, is it cool? It is awesome, and right. it sounds really good. Wow. Like, it's actually has a sound, right? It's, oh, really? Okay. It, it's, it's weird. I mean, because you don't think it's just a program. It's just a program. Uh, how can it have a sound or a character? But it totally does. Wow. Um, and yeah, and I find, and from what I've heard from other guys too, that they say their mixes come together in about half the amount of time. Wow. And I've, I've had that experience too, where everything just kind of, it's like working on a really great console where you just, hmm. everything comes up and it just yeah. starts sounding really good. Um. Yeah, you have to at some point. Yeah, check, check, it, check out. it out. Yeah. Um. Yeah. My my friend told me about that. He just got the new uh, MK. I think it was, it was coming uh coming with it, or they have a trial or whatever. So yeah. he was supposed to check it out. Yeah. Um, I always there's a part of me that wants to get some UAD. Maybe get a couple cards put in the tower and stuff. And they they make great plugins. I mean. Yeah. Pretty good. It's, yeah. It's pretty good. So. Yeah, and there's so much now i mean it's so many plugins it's it's crazy yeah. i mean and that's a lot of them are so good you just don't know what yeah. you know what version of this do i use because yeah, right? exactly. there's eight of them right yeah so let's let's go back a little bit um and talk about where you came from and and how you got to where you are now so where where where'd you grow up i grew up in a small town outside of montreal uh named il peru il peru yeah. or you know saying in english anyway il peru and valley field area so it's west of montreal probably i'd say like 20 minutes from the ontario border on 401 yep. right yep. so um grew up there my family um you know had a band when i grew up they just my it was a hobby for my parents played the the local bar for i think they were at a local bar one time for two years straight every weekends and oh, and stuff and and, uh, you know, my, when I was a, they, they keep telling the story that when I was a kid, you know, 
two, maybe a year old or whatever. They used to bring me backstage and put me behind the, in the back room. And somebody was babysitting me when they were on stage and warm up the milk and the tube amp and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I grew up on stage in a way. And, um, yeah. so all my, you know, when I started being about, uh, start singing and playing drums a little bit and nothing really i'm never a good drummer but but at the age of nine that's when i started picking up the guitar and stuff and yeah and uh my dad showed me a few chords my dad just played rhythm and stuff but you know i grew up listening to ricky skaggs and and uh don rich buck owens and merle haggard and that's my that's so they were around the family band they were playing country oh band. yeah and my, yeah. my mom's yeah. saying in french and my dad sang in english oh cool so they um so i start playing for them my first concert was uh live on stage playing guitar it was two my dad has a 1974 telecaster that was oh. so heavy those yeah. those those heavy ones yeah. um it, it weighed at least a, like a last ball and i was like 11 years old i couldn't stand on stage with a guitar so i had to play sitting down on the stool and um, this, it was fun. I remember it. I was so nervous. It was a big uh, Quebec artist. that was a guitar player that was really famous in the French country world. Yeah. And his name was Bobby Ashe. And uh, I was like so stressed out. I learned 10 songs. And uh, one was like guitars and Cadillacs. I was doing lead. And, I mean, was, so that really got me going. I'm like seeing the, you know, those concerts and stuff and those, those you know, peer level fans like i was a fan of that bobby ashley guy back then and yeah. so i see him live and that's what i want to do so my parents start getting me on 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 their gigs on the weekends and stuff uh you know they, they didn't play that much back then uh they played probably like little festival here and there or a little dance hall once every three months or whatever but it was yeah. fun and my, my parents had a big band still guitar player two fiddle players me on guitar oh, wow. like we're like 10 piece band pretty much. <laughs> that's cool. Oh, that's fun. And, um, and after that, I'd been turned about 16, 17. I just started to, um, getting calls to go and play, uh, be guitar player for an artist. And, and again, in, in the country world and stuff in Quebec, yeah. that went into Ontario. And after that turned into got hired, a call by an, a guy named from uh, Ontario named, uh, uh, Bruce Golden. From uh, Van Cleek Hill, Ontario. And uh, he said, uh, I need a guitar player. So me, and I called up a friend of mine on drums from, because uh, I, um, I, I went to, uh, I, was, I did college and music and stuff. And we we're all like kids from college. And we just like start playing together and stuff. So I got him the gig to play just local bars and on uh, like all across like Eastern Ontario, like Kingston, Ottawa, anything yeah. in between. Yeah. And uh, so I started doing that. And, um, and after that, I started branching out a little bit more. Greg Hanna, I think you know, yeah. called me one time and he uh, had to sub in for a guitar player. I can't remember what it was. But anyway, I did the gig. And after that, I said, hey, you need to come down to London and I play Hoofers. I'm like, oh, sure. <laughs> so I now started driving down to London and Ontario. And that's when I got um, into, uh, I go back a couple, uh, maybe a little bit. Um, I broke, I was playing with Bruce Golden at the time and I broke my, my ankle. So I had to miss, I had to need to get surgery. So I had to miss two shows. Yeah. And, um, so Bruce told me, he said, Hey man, this, uh, you probably heard of him like Steve Petico. I'm like, yeah, yeah of course. I was like, 
super fan. I'm like, yeah. uh, he's going to sub you out. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> just, <laughs> just my gig. <laughs> so anyway. You got to go, got to go break both of them. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, I'm like, the first weekend I was in there, and like, I never missed a show in my life. I'm like, call the Steve, and I say, hey, I got to say thank you so much, and I'd love to meet with you one day. Oh, yeah, you know what? You should come to the house. And so I started going hanging out with Steve and jamming with him and they they never went you never went to bed no I mean, we're driving till like 7 a.m uh, yeah, yeah like out back in south mountain and stuff and um we uh so anyway after greg hannah i guess steve referred me to um manager out west jerry Lysky. Yeah, and uh, you know jerry so yeah. uh Jerry calls me and he says, uh, Hey, uh, we're look, looking for a guitar player for Farmer's Daughter. And uh, I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. He says, uh, Would you be interested? I said, I am, but I had a, um, a tentative like, audition with Charlie Major because I think, I don't know if it's Woody, Woody, or who was there before him. Anyway, he was going to miss out something and they need somebody. And finally, I told Jerry, I said, well, I need to check out that uh, audition first because, but I'll let you know if it pans out. And uh, finally, I didn't do the audition. The whoever, if it if it was Woody, let's say it was, yeah, yeah, you see, he decided to come back and do the gig. So I'm like, okay, whatever. So Jerry calls me back and said, hey, still, how did the audition go? I said, well, no, I, I didn't happen. So oh, he says, you want to do one for ours uh, for for the girls? I said, yeah, I'll do one. Yeah. So that's how it came about to go and got the gig. Three months later, I moved to Vancouver. So I was like wow. 21, 22, and, yeah. and smoothed out there. And just uh, after that, played three years, I think, for the girls. And yeah. and after that, uh, joined in. My Jerry was looking at the guys for 12 gauge at the time. And so he said, well, would you be interested to go and check them out? I said, yeah, I'll, I'll go. The girls were writing for the, the third album. And he said, yeah. they're off the road say so, yeah sure I'll, I'll go check him out so i met the guy so who's who's in the band at that time i was uh brad ali singer mm -hmm. Pat. no i meant uh with the daughters oh daughters it was uh, me on guitar uh uh ron briggs on drums on yeah. bass was uh uh rob glass was gone it was uh huh, who was it in between i can't remember oh my god it's a long time ago and I right. think after Shane Hendrickson came in, yeah. that after I left. I was just talking to Shane today. Oh, cool. Steve Hall was on piano. Uh, yeah. So, um, and oh, you know, Shaker was on it. Oh, yeah, Shaker. Shaker was on it uh, towards the end. Shaker's great. Yeah. Speaking of Shaker, have you seen him or no? No. No. I keep asking. I had the, because uh, uh, he played with Jim Witter for a long time, yeah, too. Yeah, of course. And, uh, um, we keep talking sick because we haven't heard anything from him for forever. The, the um, only thing I know that, you know, they got, he got divorced with Sean Ray and, yeah. and, and after that, I guess he was playing with somebody that's quote, quote me on that. That's what I've heard. Yeah. And something happened with his visa. He had to go back to Canada and I, but I guess yeah. he came back down when, what I've heard he's married again. So I just don't know where he's living. Yeah. So I don't know. I miss that guy. He's <laughs> he's wild, yeah, crazy rock rock star, country I player. Know, such a rock star. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> we um, so yeah, Robin was it was on the on the gig and and after that, I just like you know, I think it's time for me to move on and try to find a you know that band, see if it would work out and be fun to go back and play bars. It's funny because yeah. you know you. 
back then I was playing just shows and stuff and it's always the same show. And I'm like, feel like I was like, you know, I was just 23 years old or for 24 feel I was losing my chops and playing always the same 15 songs every night. Yeah. I'm like, ah, I think, you know what? I think I'm going to go and try this out. And a bunch of young, younger than me, I was the oldest in the band. They were like 19. I was 24. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, it's, ah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> we start hitting all the bars across North America, like five sets a night, seven days a week, freaking matinee on Saturday. Yeah. Like just a good old days. <laughs> so definitely got my chops back and, uh, and definitely got poor. <laughs> yeah. And I, it was, uh, yeah, quite the, uh, and after that, yeah. Um, in 2000, when, in 99, we went, came down to Nashville and uh, did a showcase and got hooked up with uh, Warner Brothers. We were kind of interested, and um, we we heard from Paige Levy at the time, and um, and CAA were at the showcase, and they really liked the show that we did, and uh, they they got us, uh, they called us back and they said, hey, we, we really like the guys, and well, they were talking more to Jared at the time. We really liked yeah. the guys, and it would be great to... Um, to get them down here again and maybe uh, pitch, try to find, because CA back then were tied in with uh, Chrysalis Publishing. So they were um, access to better songs and stuff because we weren't writers and stuff. And yeah. And um, anyway, so we got the, um, uh, so in the meantime, we we're waiting on Warner to give us a call back. And a month goes by and Jerry calls us back, calls us uh, on one night. I remember we're in Winnipeg. Uh, playing in Trans transcona playing this uh oh this rough one that was a rough <laughs> staying upstairs right <laughs> those kind of oh yeah <laughs> uh, and winnipeg yeah <laughs> and uh we uh uh jerry's a guy this uh warner brothers side the past they decided to sign in a band they from south carolina whatever it was and uh, so they passed but ca wants to uh, come and see you guys play at ranchman's in uh, a couple weeks that's great awesome so somebody from uh, CA came up. Uh, it was Clay Myers, and uh, he's uh, well, spent the three days with us and gave us some pointers and stuff. And you guys should do this, do that. And we're so green, right? We're just. And um, after that, he says, "Hey, there you go. We're signing you guys to CA." So great. Wow. So you got to get your ass down in Nashville. We'll get you some better songs, and uh, we're gonna get another showcase together. We can get the right people in. And um, so we went back to Nashville and, and back then it's funny because uh, I remember from Jerry and the girls, they were, um, you know, they had a bunch of CDs from songwriters uh, like, um, uh, what was his name? Uh, uh, it was uh, Marcus Hummond. And uh, after that, there was uh, Daryl Scott. So I had these CDs with me. That I kept, I play for the guys. And, hey, listen, this, we should play that in bars. It's an original. It's not ours, but it's still an original song. It's never yeah. been released, right? It's a songwriter CD. So let's do this one, that one, and this one, whatever. Did the three songs in bars for like a year and a half. So when we got down to Nashville, we decided to, uh, to pick one and just play it after the showcase, like a four-song showcase. Yeah. So we... Um, did that at, at the exit in here um and uh clay brought in scott borchetta at the show yeah. he was um working for dreamworks and he said uh, oh he said i guess the story was he didn't feel like he wanted to come but he owed this favor to clay and 
He said, I, yeah. So he showed up and he stayed for the whole 45 minutes that we did our set at the, at the exit. And I was like, he came and talked to us. I love you guys. We need to talk. I need to tell James Stroud about it. And we'll keep in touch. So we have another showcase going on and in a rehearsal room here at SIR. And uh, we, so we did put, put up our show and um, Sony's coming in to see us play. And we had um, also DreamWorks and Atlantic Records. So I had those four songs put together. Same showcase, one hour, they stick around, leave. The other guy, the other label comes in, oh, yeah. do the same, you know, three showcases in that one, one day. And after that, we're just like, okay, let's see. We wait. We just have to wait. And uh, we get a call from uh, Sony saying, hey, um, I think we're going to pass. We're not going to pass, but I think it would be good to do a development deal. And Jerry goes, no, the guys are ready. No, we don't need a development deal. And we know what we want. We know who we are. And we know what we need to do. He says, well, if that's the case, a couple guys weren't here. We want to do you mind to do another showcase uh, maybe tomorrow morning. Sure. <laughs> so DreamWorks hears about it. Hey, well, can we bring the whole staff from DreamWorks? Because they really like you guys. So they brought the whole staff at the showcase. So we did Sony, did DreamWorks, and Atlantic Records already said that we met with them and heard that they were really interested. They were interested. So yeah. we're like, yeah, oh, we'll do still the showcase. We'll see what happens. Got some more options, right? And um, yeah. so we do the show, showcase. And, and um, after that, everybody sticks stay there and then james comes and talks to us and goes hey man unbelievable i mean there's that one song you guys did that daryl scott song we got to put that on hold right now it's like it's we want it and anyway and it was like really you said i would put that on hold for you guys right now so we're like that sounds really good so yeah so anyway he said well i'll talk to your manager and stuff and so, so we start packing our gear in the trailer in the van and we're going for another gig uh, in indianapolis so like oh well whatever so jerry comes and gets us back and says hey um uh james Stroud wants to talk to you guys okay so we get in he says we want to sign you guys right now he says ah, he signed him John, lawyers and stuff but but we got to put that song on hold and that's and uh finally that week we hear that the song was already put on hold a couple days before by travis oh, no. Stritt. because it's a great day to be alive oh no way we're like we were playing that song for a year and a half in the bars. Like wow. it felt so us. Yeah. Anyway, and um, oh, was, and after that, so we, we we missed that song. And then, uh, but anyway, we found some other ones. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, we we missed so, on the call. What did that? What was that like hearing that song come out by Randy uh, Travis Tritt? Travis Tritt. Oh, it was. Uh, he changed a couple uh, one line in it, and I can't remember which one, but it's not exactly like the demo. I mean. I love Daryl Scott's version because it's so him, right? And you just can you can definitely hear Daryl Scott. I was so used to hear his voice, but hey, it's yeah. such a hit, yeah. such a hit. So uh, you did a good job. And uh, oh, we missed out on another one too. Oh my god! So we go. I'm gonna skip ahead. So after we got the deal, right? We got first single. Uh, should be sleeping anyway. When it became to do the second record, we've always been bugging the label to try to get this song on the record because it still was us. And it's part of those songs that I got from farmer's daughter. Oh yeah. It was yeah. like, we, we love this song. It's got to make the record. And somebody released it back in mid nineties and never did anything on the chart. It's got stuck in the forties. I think, uh, I think the artist was melody Cretendon, If I remember 
not don't quote me but anyway um so we're just like pushing the label label oh no it's been done we're not we're not we're not gonna do that i'm like man it's 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 a hit. I'm telling you, it's a swag. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying that I know everything. I just know we felt that. We felt that this is such a hit. It would be so big for us. And um, labels now, we can't. No, we're not going to do that. Anyway, a year later, when eight weeks number one for Ben, God, well, not well, trio, Rascal Flats, it's uh, God Bless the Broken Road. Oh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Stab me now. Yeah. So that's those are my store from Great ADB Alive to God Bless the Broken Row. We miss out on those, but it's all good. I mean, well, you know, we had some good, you know, the first single, and I should be seeing. I think went number three in the charts, and uh, after that, I could hear you say, you guys singing that song too. That that's right. What's that? in your wheelhouse? Yeah. Uh, Bless the, the Rascal Flats. Yeah. yeah. That, Man, the harmonies were so tight. I mean, yeah. like, so us. And Brad was killing it. Even we brought it, we started playing it as acoustic part of the show like about three, four years ago. You yeah. know, we just, like, told we told the story about Grady Be Alive, do a little bit, a snippet, and a snippet of the God Bless a Broken Road. And, I mean, it felt good. I'm like, ah, yeah, right? Well, it is what it is. So, but uh, yeah, so anyway, what brought me to go back to that first question, he said, that's the story of like, to me to get to Nashville and been here for 20 years and, you know, record deal, uh, two, two record deals down here and, and uh, yeah, number one song in 2007, I think I, we got like, yeah, two, two tough, like number two, number three, should be sleeping, falling, me when number two. Yeah. Uh, so we have a couple top 20 on the first record and the second record, another top 20 and Midas record in 2007, six good ones went top 20 and if the moments went number one. So, yeah. and that, that was, uh, and you know, we, we all won the ACM awards in 2003 for top new, new vocal group in, in Vegas and stuff. That was, uh, it was a highlight. That was great. And then some CMAs and, Nomination to CMAs down here and ACMs again and number one song we got a and that the cool thing about that is that we got well it's a cool thing and it was kind of a hard it was hard uh, we lost our bass player to suicide in two thousand seven yeah, I remember that Patrick and um, he, um and after that we you know we hit so it's right after we went number one we went number one mm. in June like this uh, last week it's thirteen years last week mm. and um. It's uh, and after that in September, that's when we lost Patrick at the end of September, and such a low, right? And after that, being such a high number one, such a low, we're losing Patrick. And after that, yeah. December comes along, we get nominated for a Grammy for a best vocal uh, uh, performance by a band or duo, and uh, for moments, and it was just another high, like a roller coaster emotion. It was kind yeah. of like pretty. Pretty tough year, uh, pro and two probably the busiest and the hardest year I ever did on we did on the road. It was tough. It was really hard, not only for that's that part of the but the the amount of gigs that we did that year was ridiculous. It was like I think two at least two fifty to seventy five. But me, we flew one hundred twenty five times that year plus busing. Wow. It was nuts. It was crazy. Yeah. I, I think I went home one a week. 
Yeah, that's that's hard on so you. Hard. I mean, it's so hard on physically, me. mentally, and yeah. And it's just like the only thing that keeps you going is that I feel like let's say let's say you tell me like when we first met, hey, I can tell the future. Here's your schedule for the next twenty years. You know, I would say, I said, screw that. I'm going to find data. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. That's the the adrenaline and the not knowing what's happening tomorrow is yeah. what keeps you motivated and, and keeps you want to go. And like, even today, it's today, tomorrow. Like, you know, I, I, tomorrow, we, I just started mixing a song today that I wrote with Tebe and uh, a friend of mine, Jimmy Thao. And, uh, I'm like, man, this song, like, I don't know what's going to happen to it. Right. And yeah. a couple of weeks ago, uh, we wrote another one. And, and three weeks ago, we find out that that's now Tebe's single coming out next week. That like during pandemic, we wrote those, that song together and I produced yeah. it and did it. And now it's a single. And we just had some really good news today about it. And it's just like, it's so exciting. All right, let's try another yeah. one. Right. You just want to keep going. And that's well, I think when you have this time is is when you see certain people really excel, right? It's it's gonna be really bad for certain people yeah. and really great for people who have the drive. Because mm -hmm. um, it's easy to get in that rut of, oh my gosh, what's gonna happen? Um, I don't know if I'm gonna have a career in a year from yeah. now or six months from now or whatever. Yeah. But you you have to find a way to keep keep it going totally. and and yeah. keep your quality up like keep everything you're doing push yourself to do better yeah. than you did the day before it, right? yeah totally and you know here's it's really bad the pandemic whatever's happening is so bad and but you like you said you got to find something good you know what i uh, started learning ableton i started learning other things i didn't have time to learn just try yeah. uh, to stay, you know, stay up on my up on my game because I can't, I can't be satisfied with what I'm doing. Because if you're satisfied, yeah. you're going backwards. And you know, like uh, right now, I have like thank you and for for Tebe and all the artists I work for. A lot of success lately on production, and uh, you know, I, I'm and that's I, I got to do more. I got to get to do better. I got I got to push to be better. That, I can't yeah. just, oh, I just had the number one with uh, Tyler Joe Miller. No, that's just the beginning. Like, I got to freaking yeah. keep pushing, right? So, and that's, and to that time off, going back to that time off that we had, like, I haven't really had time to write that much in the last year because so busy with production, and I can't seem to find them. If I'm doing production with an artist, I don't write everything. I just, like, I got to concentrate on this. I can't just, like, be on this project, take one day and write something completely off, I'm like come back to that project. It's hard for me to do that. Everybody's got their own way, so how they function. And it seems like I tried it and it's not working. I can't focus. But uh, yeah. time off, like Tabby was like, and Jimmy were like, we're, we did so well with some uh, some of the other song, and we had a number uh, number two with uh, Tabby with a song name uh, called Good Jeans, and we're number two last year. And uh, so like, let's keep riding together. It seemed to be really good the three of us. So we did, and we wrote another song that was supposed to be Tebe single. We wrote another one I think would be better for right now and push that single for later on. So and after that, we keep writing. Every write that we're doing is like doing, we're doing good. It's like it's, I'm not saying they're all hits, but I'm just saying that there's a good vibe. Yeah. And I said, we got to keep this going. And right now, and then like I probably wrote like uh, in the time off, we wrote like four or five songs, but I, I think three or four of them are cuts. 
So the, the ratio is good. Like I'm, that's what I like to do. I don't want to write 300 songs or, you know, whatever. Like yeah. they sell my laptop and I need to be, it needs to be purpose and stuff. So we're pushing ourselves to write more and write better songs and try to do better demos and demo style of music that I never did before. It's, it's kind of cool. So you keep, you always stay up on your game and stuff. And, um, because, and you know what, this town gives you that. I gotta say, um, nothing about being in Canada. I love Canada. That's where I'm from, but being down here for so long, I mean, my, the street I'm on, I get kind of mad when I become the only one in probably Kalmoski going to work. He's right down the street from me. We're going yeah. to work on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Sunday, Monday, Friday, it doesn't matter for us. I, I'm, I'm at the studio every day. I'm single yeah. too, so I don't have to be home. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so uh, anyway, we, um, but this street, I mean, there's so much energy here. It's, it's like I'm on across the street. Johnny Reed just bought uh, Randy Scruggs' old studio where they cut. Oh, cool. um, I don't know if you can, I'll show you uh, with the camera. There you can see through. There's a bill. Nah, you can't see much. There's a brown building across. Yeah, I can see. Yeah. Well, anyway, that was um, Randy Scruggs' old studio. Uh, Lester Flat and Earl Scruggs. Yep. Oh, yeah. And um, that's where they cut Fishing in the Dark. Uh, the Circle Will Be Unbroken. Uh, oh. Sorry Brown cut a lot of big hits uh, over there. Um, yeah. So many records were done over in that studio. And after that, right beside me, that used to be Kalmuski's old building. Okay. Well, yeah. Not his, but he was renting a room in the back. And that's where he yeah. makes the journeys for the, the journey record in that room yeah. with Jonathan Kane. But he went into addiction after they built that studio. And, uh, but who bought the house is uh, JT Cornfloss. I don't know if you know JT. No, Larry no. played all the Dirk Smedley stuff, like the Earth oh, okay. Smedley, great session guy. Well, he yeah. lives there next door. During the house next to me, that next to that house, it's all little houses. Um, yeah. That used to be my old studio. And before me and Joey Moy was in there, and that's where they cut uh, Cruise. Yeah. And um, the, stu I had the house after that's another studio. Now that's that studio where Joey Moy and I was in. It's uh, Marshall Altman. He's in there. He did uh, uh, Eric Pasley and, and uh, Frankie Ballard and some probably yeah. other new stuff that I don't know about. And after that, you go down the street, um, you got Bob Ezrin's in the, at the end of the street. Oh, yeah. And across yeah. in the park, there's a park here, a little park for, for kids. It's Blackbird. It's right there. The street. Oh, wow. So Station West, County Q in the back. Addiction is on yeah. the other side of the other street. So it's like so many people creating music every day. It's yeah. every day. Like, yeah, it's got to be an uh, awesome. I know I can do that at home. Being back in Canada, yeah. I wouldn't be able to do the, what I'm doing here back home. I'd probably be doing some stuff, but I wouldn't be yeah. busy like I am. Like yeah. it's it's a, that's what I love about this town. And like I'm saying, that's why I hate on Sundays when I drive in those streets. People just stay home on Sunday pretty much, and I feel like ah, missing. There's something missing. I don't know what it is. I feel the energy's not there. Monday morning, yay! <laughs> Everybody back. <laughs> I don't know. It's um, it's a cool little town and. You know, it's, uh, I just love, I just love it. Love being here. I think having this time off too, you're mentioning when you're doing a lot of writing in that, I think we're all realizing, or for some of us, at least anyways, we're doing too much. Like it gets, you can almost get more done 
uh, with more time or you're getting more important stuff done um, uh, and getting rid of the stuff that's not as important. Because I think you try to go a million miles an hour, you've got so many hours and days you go at it, but now you got this time and you're realizing, well, I, I really don't need to be doing this, this, and this. Let's concentrate a bit more on these other totally things. right yeah because i was saying thing because um right towards the end everything was still normal everything was happening i had to fly to vancouver to cut a record uh with uh, tyler joe miller at the time at uh, early april i had to do um i had some other projects coming in my ma was going to be a little nuts uh start playing with the band live in the summer you know, yeah. like that, it's, it sucks in a way because, you know, I still love playing live. So I can come, I'm going to miss that this year, but got so much more stuff done and quality because I'm not rushing. Not like I'm yeah. not doing quality work. It's just, I feel like I like taking my time and that I have more time to do it. Personally, I feel like I had better quality on stuff that I was doing. Try new tricks, try new stuff. Don't have to, you know keeping in that template and stuff. And uh, like I said, learning Ableton, bring that into something. Uh, and yeah. just, you know, and my, my other friend too is a guitar player from Quebec that lives here. He's been here for 10 years. He played, um, plays for Easton Corbin. And um, played for Clay, Clay Walker. He played for also for Joe Nichols. And um, anyway, uh, so he's like, he's, he says, man, I got no gigs. He's a little different than me. I have studio. I can still work. I can still do stuff. He's, his job is playing live. So I'm yeah. like, man, there's no show. This. What am I going to do? Well, you know what? He, he picked up his guitar and started like really shedding the idea of how to do his flat picking and writing everything down. It's like going back to school. It's like, and really doing a learning how to do the Eric Johnson picking style and uh, another guitar player style, try to blend that together, you know, really studying picking. Yeah. <laughs> it's been doing that for two months. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like you got it down. It's insane. Like yeah. you just had the time to get better at something and yeah. say, Oh man, I don't have anything. I'm going to just watch TV and sucks. And now just, you can do something. There's stuff to do. That's really important. And try to get better at what you do and uh, your craft. Yeah, and I think it's it's really important. I mean, like I said, it, and you you said it, it, this time is is pretty awful, um, life changing, uh, but it has its plus sides to it, it too. That that I think everyone's learning a lot right now, yeah. um, and hopefully, when we get out of this, um, that it will make everyone think about how they approach things and how they do things and, and what's really important and what's not important. Yep. Um, you know, maybe we needed to go through this. Yeah. Maybe we all needed to, yeah, you know. just to press pause a little bit and just reassess, like you said, what's important, what's not important. I think, um, yeah, it's a, to, you know, like just little thing. It may, it doesn't have to be music that can be anything. I mean, uh, just, little things and just like try to eat better or whatever. I, I, I eat out all the time and I just started to <laughs> grill at the studio making steak and yeah. salad every day. Yeah. I lost about 10 pounds. So there you go. I just like, I was positive. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think too, also, once you get a certain age, you kind of get content in what you know and you feel comfortable yeah. and you kind of stop. I mean, you're still kind of learning as you go on and you're picking up things. 
but you don't have that time, like you said, to learn it, no. uh, Ableton or like for me to switch to Luna. I mean, yeah. I never have the time to switch to a new dog. No, no. I mean, that would be like, uh, no. That's <laughs> what I did with Ableton. Like, Ableton was like, I'm yeah. opening this. I'm like, oh my God, it's completely yeah. reverse. <laughs> Everything's upside down in a way. You know, your your track names are on this side. And I'm like, oh my yeah. God, what am I doing here? But it was cool. That's fun. It was yeah, and when you're busy and you're in a session, you want someone to want it, wanted that. It's like you just can't pull it up and figure it out. You have to spend some time yeah. and get good at those things. Now you've got something else that's really great in your wheelhouse. I mean, you can, um, and that's important. When I think when you get older too, learning these new things is it just makes you that much better. Yeah. Um, and you know, it may not even. What you're learning here may affect something else that you didn't even think it was going to affect. You know, just there's so yeah. many things because, you know, I'm a guitar player. I'm not a piano player. So all the, the synth stuff, it's always like, you know, I got that little little keyboard here that you, know, you can, oh, they, nobody's going to see it. Yeah. That little 25 key keyboard. So that's how I do all my synths, my piano part and stuff. Right. And it's MIDI. Yeah. Right? I can do whatever I want. But in Ableton, there was a class, the class that I took, it was like, it, it really, it was like two weeks. I said, oh, I got to go back and watch everything again. But there was a class just on synthesizer and how to understand macros and all that stuff. And like, I knew I could assign stuff and do certain things and stuff, but like really like the basics and the understanding, man, I learned yeah. so much. It was unbelievable. Like it changed everything for me. Like, yeah, that's, that's really cool. I can do this, this, this now. That's easy. I can do it in Pro Tools or whatever. Same thing, right? Yeah, yeah it's. Uh, I think it's great. I think it was great too. And and also, I, you know, I'm. I don't know if you did. I'm kind of got a. I see some uh, like the master with uh, mix with the master or whatever yep. it can be. Pure mix is the other one. Yeah. Stuff. So I got a yeah. couple of those, but I never had the time to watch any videos. Right. Yep. Me too. So the first the first month that everybody was really on lockdown, I'm just like. And that's what I'm doing. I'm Ableton, and after that, I'm watching videos. I'm just watching. <laughs> yeah, I've been uh, watching a lot of the PureMix ones, yeah. um, and it's kind of made me realize that I r really don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do, but you know, it, it's sort of. I was watching some of these guys, and they're having conversations about uh, different tracking things and and their mic techniques and all this stuff, and. And it was fascinating, and I've I've learned like so much, um, and it's just they're on a different level, right? It's like yeah. the Steve Pitico thing, yeah, right? Yeah. Where yeah. you've you you know you feel really comfortable, and you're a great player, and then you go and see someone like Steve, and you're like, oh shit, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Because it's uh, you know there's always those guys out there that are are freaks that just know so much more than you do but it doesn't mean that it, you know you know what you, like by watching know. those videos also like just to say what to add to what you're saying is everybody's working differently everybody yeah. like i saw somebody that's all inside the box the other guys with that con his console and this is how he does his thing but everybody gets the same place at the end and it all depends on some time on which song you're mixing and if it becomes a hit there, your name changes like everything changes for you right your name yeah. gets called up and say hey that guy needs to mix this he mixed that one hit and that's how you start but everybody has their own little 
ways of doing things. Because I, I saw, without naming names, but I, uh, one of the videos, I can't remember where it was, but I'm like, I'd call Kyle Musk. I've been watching this video of this, this guy, and he's, I said, man, I'm not doing enough. It don't seem like I'm working hard enough to get something to sound good. And he's like, well, no, he said, man, your mix sounds great. Well, thanks, but like I feel like I'm like not doing enough. Yeah, but like, because you know somebody's going through uh, like some some kind of like uh, could be like a preamp into a compressor into a console going back to get to this. Yeah, and they're connecting to the car battery of their you know <laughs> yeah, Volkswagen yeah. out back, and it's being routed through the radio and back through. You know they you know it's just like how do they so think? At of the that? end of the yeah. day, I just go and said this is this is his workflow, and my workflow is this, and I'm learning all the time. I might start like getting there or. If I need to, but again, it, it took me to uh, try to use my ears and stuff. Do I really need more yeah. or less or of something? And that made me uh, realize that by watching those videos is that there's a lot, there's nothing, no right or wrong. It's just using your ears no. and make it sound good. And yeah, so. Yeah. And yeah, same thing when I was watching uh, on Pure Mix, they had this thing uh, a while ago where they had this song. I'm trying to remember the name. I think it was Lifeboats was called. And they sent it out to a bunch of mix engineers. And it was a pretty basic song for Lord Algae and all, you know, Sweps and all those guys. They all got it. And they did a whole video series of each one of oh, them yeah. sitting and mixing each the song from scratch, crash. So some of them are like six hours long of them mixing the song. And... So one day I decided, because I watched a bunch of them, um, let's go to the end of each one. At the end, basically, they play the mix. Yep. So I you know, went to this one quickly and jumped to this yeah. one, went to the next one. And I was shocked how different each mix was. And they completely different really, yeah? mixes. They sounded completely different. Um, yeah, and, and they were all guys at the top of their game. Yeah. And you think you'd have kind of a universal thing they, you know, all the top guys come out with. They were all all different, all different. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I got to check that out. That's what I think I saw live, but it's on pure mix, right? Yeah. yeah I got to check it <laughs> yeah. out because I'd be interested to see because, you know, like when uh, I don't know what life is it a famous song? I can't. I don't No, I don't think you know? so. Um, I think I saw a guy I, like uh, it was because I loved the song. It was uh, Imagine Dragon. I think Martin Edom, I think, did that. Uh, it's time this time, or it was one of their big first hit, and it was cool to watch that session. The way he mixed it and got it to where it became such a smash. Right, and it's cool to see how he gets gets all these parts out and stuff. And it was nothing like like uh, so different. It was. You know, nothing like, oh, man, how did you do this? And it's pretty simple the way he did it, but it's his workflow that was completely the only thing that was different than maybe a lot of people I've seen. And it was really cool. It's, I just loved it. It was, wow, this is amazing. Okay, I know what to do with this. And I, that's what's fun. You can bring little tricks here and there and use it in your own mix, and it won't even sound the same. Like you said, like those three guys mix a song, not, nobody sounds the same. They probably all sound good at the end. <laughs> Yeah, and everyone, it's like guitar tones, right, yeah. or guitar players. Everyone has their sound, right? And it's the same thing as when you mix. It's You're trying different things, but it still kind of has your, your, your ears on yeah, it, right? Yeah, totally. 
and it, and that's what ends up being you know why people come to you because they like what you you know the end result of what you do it makes makes a big difference another thing you should check out on there um i've only done this once on pure mix um they have uh some hit songs um that you can actually download the full multi-track version oh of. yeah and it's usually about the one i got i, I downloaded dirk's bentley song yep. um and it was about went through the intro verse course and most of the next verse I believe. okay and uh but yeah you just it's all the tracks oh, that's cool uh, and you load them all up and I'm, just, I'm sitting there going there's like 30 drum tracks <laughs> um and I, i'm just looking through all the stuff and it may be same type of thing it's like i'm not working hard enough <laughs> <laughs> there's eight kick drums here um <laughs> And it was like, it, it took a long time. It took me all afternoon just to load it in and go through it and sort it out. Because yeah. um, there was so much stuff. Uh, but it was fascinating just I, to sit. And, I bet. Yeah, and I built my mix and A-beat it against the original stuff just for fun. Yeah. To see what my approach would be against the original. And it was fun. It was kind of a neat little I mean, there's so many tools now to, you know, to learn. It's awesome. I love it. I just... Man, uh, you know, like I'm thinking of get guitar playing in a way there's young kids are coming out and they have access to YouTube and all these videos and man, didn't definitely didn't not have access to that. It was a tape cassette and rewind and stuff or the record, right? When I'm learning, yeah. but I wish I had this, but you know what, again, it makes you use your ears more. So, uh, and, uh, I think it's, uh, you know, not, nothing nothing's bad but i mean it's cool the technology gives you so much more access it's it's great it's a great tool to learn today yeah and i think there was something to be learned from when you just had the roll on manual manual in your yeah. hand and it's you know it's written from some guy in japan that's doesn't really speak english and then you're reading it and it's like well this doesn't make any sense all the english is horrible um and you're trying to figure out how to run this machine and you didn't have YouTube to look no. at, but it forced you to really get in there and figure yeah, it totally. out. So, so there's part of me that glad I, I have that as my kind of go-to thing where you, you get good troubleshooting skills yeah. and, and you can, and figure that out, but then you get stuck. Um, and I know you've probably gone through this. I've, I've had times where I've been sitting around, I'm on a flight or something. I watch a YouTube video about, a program that I'm using and all of a sudden it's like, oh, you can do that. Well, I just, this happened to me this week. This happened to me yeah. two days ago. My buddy of mine in Montreal, uh, I don't even know if you heard uh, the, the program Arcade. It's uh, from Output. It's like um, yes, I think so. done with keyboards. There's a bunch of samples and stuff. It's used a lot in pop right now. It's a lot of like yeah. voices and distant voices. They got so many like kits. It's like a, it's a yeah. monthly thing. It's pretty cheap. But anyway, I was like, the only thing is that this is cool because, you know, it's just to make a quick demo. It can be steel guitar or whatever. When you do a quick work tape, you know, of course I get steel guitar players to come in and play on sessions, but for quick work yeah. tape and stuff, and sometimes it's steel guitar yeah. sound, but it's samples. So you put the key, yeah. the key that you want, and um, there's a bunch of samples. So you got to sometimes stop to hit another note or whatever to program could be whatever it is but when does the chord change you're still in d 
I'm oh, like, yeah. in my head, I'm like, gosh, okay, I'm going to open another track, put another arcade, put it in, in G for four chords. So I put one in E minor. After I put one in whatever, put a two in five. Yeah. So I have five arcade. My buddy goes, ah, he says, um, you know, you can go down on your, your MIDI keyboards, like the uh, two octaves down and just change the key. Come on. <laughs> really? Done. This is awesome. Like you know, things like that. Like uh, just because you, I didn't go pay attention. You went in on YouTube and look at some videos and stuff. And I'm like, thank you so much. I mean, that changed everything for me. Thanks. Like yeah. instead of four instrument tracks, no, just one. Just change keyboard. <laughs> Because <laughs> I didn't have the big keyboard with me, so I couldn't really I couldn't go down with the octave on my keyboard. I was like, but I'm not thinking of going there because there's only one keyboard and two octaves. That's it. Right. Yeah. Like, that makes sense. So after yeah. that, I'm like, oh, well, open MIDI, just drag the note down and putting on my <laughs> just my progressions done. Like this is great. So oh, that's yeah. awesome. I'll have to check that out. That it's arcade. arcade right? It's by output. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's got great sounds. Like if you're looking for texture stuff like in the background you don't know really what's happening but if you mute it yeah. you miss it this bunch yeah. of that stuff in there yeah got awesome it's got uh, any so much stuff it's yeah. crazy what you can do and too you can recreate your own you can bring samples and stuff and inside samples you can splice stuff you can add effects and you, oh, you can do everything you can imaginable yeah yeah Awesome. Yeah. I'll check that out for sure. Yeah. I know what I'm doing tonight. Uh, arcade. <laughs> <laughs> Got to learn something new. Yeah, yeah. Damn. So. Yeah, it is the one thing that I'm I'm super happy about. Is that I, I've I've learned so much in the last mo couple of months. I know. Um, that I wouldn't have had time to do, and it, it's yeah. really awesome. I even bought myself a, a whiteboard on the on my door. Uh, yeah. The right board. Well, and there I, you go. Because uh, when I had to, uh, I came when I had to, uh, right then when everybody sang, I had like 12 masters to finish, like, yeah, going nuts. Like, so I gotta buy a bill on my board, now nobody can come here, so I'm gonna start scratching stuff off my board. I'm like, and now it's pretty white, so it's kind of good, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it gives you the time to finish stuff and concentrate on, on the right things, so cool, yeah. So looking ahead, where um are you one of these type of people who likes to kind of have a, a plan for the next five, ten years, or you just kind of right. take things as, as they come? I, I do. I mean I think it's um be crazy not to have one. Um, you know, like you know, I'm getting up there and stuff, I gotta I gotta think about, you know, does gonna have a retirement ish kind of thing. When is that gonna happen? Gotta think about that, yeah. gotta be smart about money, gotta be smart about thing, but you know, I take it in brackets of five years because uh, that's it. And, you know, like I was talking to, who do I talking with about production and stuff? And, you know, been doing production for a long time and you just always try to get better. Now with, you know, like a lot of good things happen lately with, with uh, songs that was on radio for me and I produce and, and writing and stuff. And I want to take that to the next level and try to get, even yeah. more and and more and more. I can't quit. I can't. You got to keep going. You know. Um. Yeah. You know. Maybe it's uh. Maybe having a big hit down here uh, on radio and stuff. Uh. You know. Be um. And you know, like uh, 
with studio, I mean, I want to, I want to expand. I want to expand this. I want to, you know, we have, we got this house. We bought the building as a band and uh, we got a lot of land in the back. So it'd be great to maybe add on to this and, and try to get more work and try to, if the work gets busier and bigger and stuff, and I'd love to be able to hire somebody to come in and do some stuff that I can train that person to do stuff that I don't need to spend like two hours or three hours. I can spend on something else that's a lot more effective and stuff. So it'd be fun to do that. And, you know, and, uh, you know, maybe, uh, I don't think it's, I'll be the guy that's going to be taking time off and just, (laughs) I, maybe I'll go for a week somewhere just by myself, shut everything off, but I doubt it. (laughs) I just can't do it. I just, it's every day. Like people say like, you should take your Sunday off. Like, what do you want me to do? Just watch TV and I don't know. Just like go play outside, go on the lake. I don't have a boat, but if somebody has a boat, I'll probably go. But if I don't, I'm like, I'm not going to, somebody call doesn't call me for it. I'm just going to go to the studio because I got, I got a lot of work I can get done. There's always work. It is. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, there's always something you can uh, do for sure. Yeah. It's uh, so it's that. And, and, um, try to get, try to get that next level to get to the next level here. Uh, you know, keep, keep going Canada. Canada's been great. It's been good to me and, and try to bring in more United States stuff, American artists and stuff to come in. And, you know, it's, um, it's a different, it's a different world for it's, it's hard and not harder. It's just like, there's so many artists here. It's insane. Like, uh, you know, yeah. just trying to get that circle, that into that click and that circle. You know, I know, I like it feels like I know. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people here, and it's, it just needs to be it needs to work organically, it needs to happen organically yeah. and stuff. And things are great up there. And I keep going that and try to try to get more and better and anything better. Try to try to make my artists sound better. Uh, it's, yeah, it's um, it's the the goal. And well, that's. Most- really important yeah and because you yeah. know you, you know like you i hope it keeps going more than five years i want to produce records till I, i'm done <laughs> like we're yeah. all done i'm not here anymore but you know like you know that you, sometimes it's five years you got to look at your five years and you, you got to make the most out of it to just to get over that that that's yeah. that little hump and after that when you're on the other side well there you go okay now you can bigger things and uh, you got to keep going you can't stay on like i said you can't be on pause because it's can't be satisfied just can't yeah it's it's almost like a relationship where you you're not going to get there if you're you know on tinder (laughs) you know if there's a tinder for producers you're not going to find what you're looking for it's got to happen naturally right and people will people will know and people will hear and and that's when the great thing is if you probably if you look back at your life you probably think you know things just the big things happen you just happen to get a call or you happen to uh wasn't because you were chasing it down um it's because you were doing a really good job um and people respected what you did and they could see the work ethic and you got the call Mm -hmm. Um, and you know it's like a you knock on wood i hope the calls keeps coming it's never sure it's never a guarantee it but like you said like always my i remember my dad telling me when i was a kid he says man the best thing you can do is that people call you if people call you you're doing yeah. a really good job so don't don't just keep looking keep looking ahead and work as hard as you can and if you're doing if you're doing the, the right job it's gonna happen 
So yeah. just keep keep working hard and keep turning knobs, <laughs> making. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I really like your work ethic. I'm I'm the same way as you. I I'm not. I cannot be satisfied with doing something just kind of okay. No. And and it's, it doesn't matter if it's music or if I'm putting hardware down on the floor or something. You know, it's you look at it, it's like okay, this has got to be right. Um, and that's how I've done everything. And it's always takes way more time. Yeah. Um, but you have no excuses. And I think there's one thing I heard a long time ago, and it was I believe it was from uh, David Foster. Um, I'm trying to remember what exactly it was. It was basically back in the day when, you know, you would do a quick mix for somebody and you send it out um, or any of those circumstances where that, those type of things happen is that you never want to follow anything up with an excuse before someone listens or looks at what you've done. Yep. Right. So if you have to follow it up or do something pre that, then you haven't done your job right. Yeah. Um, don't ever send something out that's not right. Um, make sure it's it's exactly what you, want. you know. It's like what's this? Uh, the, the the typical thing sometimes is like every time that part of the song comes in, you start saying something, you start talking over it. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, so, yeah, yeah. You know it. Yeah, it just went went by. Nobody heard it. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> you don't want. That. Is that yeah, a bear? You don't yeah. want that. Hey, what's that? And that's gone. But uh, no, I totally yeah. agree. And too, the you know, like uh, you know, there's there's no room for error here. I mean, there's so many great producers, so many great engineers, so many great players. It's like you know, you good is not good enough. You gotta be great. Yeah, you gotta you gotta yeah. stand out. Like a lot of people said said to me because you know, like being being also a writer, um, and when I write, I'm not I'm not the the, the lyricist. I'm more the track guy like melody and hooks and stuff. And I got usually two guys, melody and lyrics and stuff. But, uh, but somebody at one time told me, he says, Oh man, it's, it's man. It's, the word tape's good. It's fine. It's no man. This is not, I can't, I can't, it's me. I'm like, yeah, but it's just a demo. Yeah. But to me, a demo is the same thing. If I do a master, I'm like, it's like the same. I don't, I spend the same amount of time. Yeah. But it's just a demo. You got to let it go. I says, I, I know, but I can't. I just can't. And I can't afford either. I mean, if I want to become a producer and be a mixer here, I, I, I let take that back. I, I only, I've kind of like more from mixing my own stuff. I don't want to be a mixer yeah. for just to be mixing songs, but, but to be a producer here and want to get, well, if the, it goes to, if the song goes to any big publishing in town, I want them when they go, who, who did this? That's what I want to hear. Yeah. That's what I want. So, for me to do that, I got to spend time. I got to spend time on it. It's got to be great. Can't let it go. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. Um, I mean, sometimes it's just never done. Um, no, you got to learn so, how to let it go. Yeah. There's another one. Don't want to let it go. You got to learn to let it go. <laughs> yeah. There's that little line. You got to just hover yeah, around. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So what about, uh, Emerson Drive now. What's what's up with with, with you guys? us? We like you said. We um, I mean, Brad lives in Maine. Uh, Dale he's here. Mike's here, and me myself. And um, I think we we're we're uh, the cool thing is we own the studio, and mm -hmm. I produce all the stuff with the band now. So it's really financially, it's great. <laughs> it's a great yeah. 
man, we're doing records for nothing. It doesn't cost anything to do yeah. records. So it's we we love so much this this that time right now that we're we're in because we've done so much over our career, so much. Like you said, like a ten years of two fifty a year shows and bus and play I, I mean now that we can start breathing and you know brad's got a couple kids mike's got a kid dell's single i'm single no kids but um again he's like he wants to be home he wants to be home with his kids and raising his kids and if we can like just um just go in a row play like 15 and shows a year we're all happy I think it's the great, greatest gig. We don't need to look for to try to make our millions and dollars. I don't care about that. I want to be on stage, pay the bills, and we're we're good. And we're happy. We're we, and too. And he flies in sometimes. He, he flies in here, and we I get a vocal out of him on an acoustic guitar, and I build the track. And he goes home, and, and yeah. that's how we're doing stuff. We love we love this because it's the first time. We always back in the day. We always w- would have loved to with us being with producers and you know like aerosmith did back in the day you know they spend like three months in the house just writing a record and rehearsing practicing for that now it's different we don't want to do that but the the fun thing to come here and it's just me mike and dale and myself working on the track it's freaking awesome there's nobody telling us you can't do this you can't do that you do we do whatever we want we never been more emerson drive now than ever not that the success yeah. wasn't good. We're, we're, I respect everybody that worked with us. They're freaking amazing producers. We did great with our song. We, we had some good success on charts and stuff. It was awesome. It was a great time, a great ride. We, I love this right now. We're trying yeah. new stuff, and it's fun. And it's just like, so we want to keep doing this until until we're, somebody tells us we can't. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So I think. Well, probably when you're young, too. I mean, you just weren't at the place where like you're mature yeah. and you've learned and now you're comfortable with you know who you guys are and and you've learned from all these people along the way and now it's your chance to just do it on on your own it makes perfect yeah. sense and, you know after that we really single and stuff and now with all the streaming and stuff we own our masters and i mean it's it's a great yeah. place and uh yeah. why not keep uh doing this until i don't know until somebody says we're Time to take a break. I don't know. <laughs> we haven't talked talking about taking a break yet. So, so yeah, no, it's so. awesome. I'll, I won't take a whole lot more of your time. Um, a couple of questions yeah. I usually like to ask everybody. One um, is a touring question because you've you've toured a lot. Do you have any place in the world that you've always wanted to play at our venue that you haven't played? At yeah, definitely. Uh, there's a few. Um, uh, I gotta say. A venue uh, I'd love to play is the um, uh, the Red Rock uh, Amphitheater yeah. in uh, Colorado. I just yeah. never had the chance to do it, and I think the Gorge in Washington was another one. Just the view, the mountains and stuff. There's nothing like it, and um, yeah. and also uh, never had a chance to play Austin City Limits. I think it would have been on oh, my yeah. bucket list. My buddy, did, my buddy yeah. did it with the, I think with Joe Nichols. I can't. But uh, yeah, I watched it so much as a kid, right? And yeah. I always thought that that place was like just special. And um, I mean, we played the Opry uh, many times, so that's yeah. that was a bucket list uh, I, I was able to do a long time ago. And 
bring my parents there. It was pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. They would love yeah, that. Such a, I think they're, they don't country music more than I do. So my dad's a knows traditional country, like nobody else. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's kind of, kind of a way cool of living through, you know, he's living through me in, in a way with all the places I've played and done. And it's, uh, I think it's cool. And, you know, the traveling the world and, you know, I wish, I mean, I just, when I came back from you, uh, last year, October went to, um, Germany it was my first time there. Germany with, uh, Tebe and, uh, and London. We did, uh, three show acoustics. Uh, we were in Berlin and was Berlin. And after that was, uh, uh, my God, I can't say why I got a blank. Oh, Cologne. Okay, yeah, in, uh, Cologne, yeah. in London. So it's pretty cool. First time yeah. going there. So I've never been. We now the band. We never been to Europe ever. That's a band. Yeah. But we did the the military tours. We did the, you know, yeah. uh, Kuwait and Bahrain. I've done Israel twice, Bosnia and all that stuff. But that's yeah, um, just uh still love traveling uh, we went to australia that was that was great i love australia i mean the the, the, yeah. the, the, the all the fans are like nothing like anywhere else i've been they knew every song of our of our album songs that weren't singles and oh, wow. it was unbelievable they love music they f love yeah. music doesn't have to be a single they just love it so that was pretty cool and we shot one of our videos yeah. on there, uh, one of our singles, Let You Love Speak. Awesome. That Jericho, yeah. uh, you know Kevin, right? Yeah, yeah Kevin yeah. produced for us, Let You Love Speak. Have you seen his? You haven't been in his studio yet, uh, have you? Been, I don't know. No, I didn't do to the new place. The old one down the strip? Yeah, I went on the one on the strip, and I went to what, his house, right? When we go, is at yeah. his house. And another one that's not on the strip that... It looks like that same place that he's in right now, unless he, maybe that's the place he bought. I don't know. Yeah, it, the place he bought was pretty well. Much you'd probably remember that was the place because it's pretty massive. Yeah, it's massive with a big glass yeah. to the cutting room. Like I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to remember now. Because um, we uh, when we were there, we cut out that big studio, all the drums, and after that, we went to his house and cut overdubs. And, um, but after that, we were in Vegas a few years after that and he was on the strip, but now yeah. he's got another place, right? Okay. Yes. I feel like it's the yeah. same place we went the first time because it wasn't his. Maybe. And yeah. it looks like I saw some pictures with Corey Marks and, and, uh, it looks a little bit like it, but I don't know. Yeah. yeah it's great. Scott. I, uh, actually did a podcast with him. When I oh, was you did? Um, yeah, you should listen to it. You, you'd like it. It's, it's, uh, so neat hearing his story and incredible story stuff. probably yeah i need to go and listen to it yeah probably went and touched uh, on, on the mutt lang uh he told us a lot of stories <laughs> the mutt lang yeah. time that he was with him was crazy Just, yeah no those guys have uh uh, uh done yeah well. Corey too and both i mean yeah great people just man i super yeah nice. super nice people talented as hell Corey was actually my first Oh, sorry. Was he first? Second, second oh, really? podcast. Was with Corey, nice. Yeah, when he was he was coming through with with Shania and oh, yeah. and, uh, I was up to Toronto and we I think we talked to him almost like three hours. Oh wow! Um, oh, he's got yeah. some stories too. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, I'll let you go. Um, just hang on here because we'll finish uploading this. But uh, I just want to wrap it up and uh, just want to say I'm super happy for you Thank and, you. and you. in your success. And uh, um, I've been following this. So I kind of see things here and there as I'm watching the Facebook and all oh, that stuff. Thank you. And, uh, Appreciate it. And yeah. Thanks for inviting me on doing this. It's fun. It's always fun. I, on, top, on top of that, catching up with you. I mean, so long ago. It's crazy. So, so if anyone wants to follow you on the socials, uh, what's the best way to uh, oh, get a hold of I'm you? So, yeah. Uh, do you do yeah, much of that? I'm so bad at it. I get try. I get in trouble every time I post something. You didn't do it right. You didn't do this. I'm like, okay, I don't know. <laughs> you forgot to tag someone. Oh my god, I'm so bad. Uh, but it's uh, my Instagram is uh, Danik uh, Danik34. I think. Let me check. <laughs> See, I'm like, I don't even know. Oh, I'll tell you Instagram. Uh, Instagram. Uh, it should tell me here. Danik34. D a n i c k 34. Yeah. And Facebook is just my name. And also my studio is Vibe Recordings. So. All right. Uh, we'll wrap it up. Thanks again. Thank and so uh, we'll talk real soon. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm.